الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقضى ربك ألا تعبدوا إلا إياه وبالوالدين إحسانا صدق الله العظيم Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters. Alhamdulillah, with the fazal, with the karam of Allah Ta'ala, we are presently witnessing this very Mubarak month of Rajab. Mubarak because Nabi Salaam himself also made dua for the barakat of this month. اللهم بارك لنا في رجب وشعبان وبلغنا رمضان يا الله grant us بركت in the months of رجب and شعبان and enable us to reach the month of رمضان so inshallah we all would be regularly making this dua begging Allah Ta'ala for بركت in this مبارك month of رجب and شعبان and then to enable us to reach the month of Ramadan. These du'as of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, on the one hand is du'a, at the same time it is ta'aleem. It is a lesson for the ummah that what should they be aspiring for? What du'a should they be making? How should they be relating to the way forward in life? The way forward is to try and acquire the love of Allah Ta'ala, the blessings of Allah Ta'ala, the help of Allah Ta'ala, and that would mean getting closer to Him. And all these Mubarak occasions that come, these are the occasions when a person can really get very close to Allah Ta'ala. But in order to take full advantage of these Mubarak occasions, it is necessary that a person has planned in advance, has trained for it in advance. Person is in business, so before the busy months come, like for example, December is a busy month, so the person doesn't start thinking what to do or start planning on the 1st of December. That planning and the ordering and the whatever things that need to go with it starts happening months in advance. So this is the lesson that we have been given in this dua to develop the enthusiasm for the month of Ramadan and to start preparing for it, preparing ourselves mentally and together with that bringing the system of things into our life where tilawat is increased, duas are increased, tasbihat is increased, that mindset is already being developed to acquire the maximum from the Mubarak month. So that is one lesson that we need to keep in mind, that we need to start bringing our minds to focus for the Mubarak month of Ramadan. From now, this is the lesson of this dua. Nabi Wasallam made this dua as a lesson to us. Then the other thing is, <clears throat> that the month of Ramadan, we say, is a very Mubarak month. It is obviously and a month filled with noor. What is this noor? 
this noor is something which is not something that's necessarily visible with the natural with the with the eye that a person now in the darkness of the night he says where's the noor so somebody says switch the light on that light is a different thing this is a spiritual light but just as the physical light the external light for that we need the external eye person with the external eye will be able to see the external light so the likewise the spiritual light you need the spiritual strength in the heart the spiritual light in the heart the spiritual eye of the heart to see the spiritual light otherwise we'll say we can see nothing but when there is this noor then this noor transforms a person there is a dua of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam which is reported in muslim sharif when nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam at the time of fajr used to make this dua and this dua is filled with the word noor asking for this noor from allah taala allahumma ij'al fi qalbi noora ya allah fill my heart with noor and then now from the heart coming up to the tongue this is an extremely important link that what is in the heart will come on the tongue so if there's noor in the heart wa fi lisani noora ya allah fill my heart with noor and place noor on my tongue also and then noor ofi sam'i noora and in my hearing my ears fill it with noor ofi basari noora ya allah my sight fill it with noor so starting off from the heart and then these three organs that are very directly linked to the heart the tongue the ears and the sight these all have a very direct link what these things see hear and speak what the eyes see what the ears hear and what the tongue speaks all this has a direct impact and effect on the heart and likewise the other way around what is in the heart will come on the tongue what is in the heart this will make the ears want to listen to that what is in the heart it will want the eyes to look at something similar so if there is that love of allah taala in the heart then the tongue will speak about the love of allah taala or there is this noor in the heart then there will be this noor on the tongue also and then there is noor in the heart of the love of allah taala then we'll want to listen to those things that will enhance this love we'll want to listen to the recitation of the quran sharif we'll want to listen to the talks of deen we'll want to listen to those things that inspire us towards good actions good deeds likewise there is this noor of the love of allah taala in the heart then the eyes will want to look at that which will bring us closer even more closer to this love the eyes will want to look at the quran sharif will want to look at good islamic literature authentic good islamic literature that will take us closer to allah taala will want to look at our parents with love because that is something also that brings great noor great benefit so we want to look at our parents with muhabbat with love not with anger and irritation this is a very very important thing that how we even look at our parents 
How do we talk to them? These are extremely important parents. In one hadith, these are extremely important aspects, how we deal with our parents. In one hadith, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he says that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that man asbaha muti'an lillahi fi walidayhi the person who starts off his morning in a condition that he is obedient to his parents then asbaha lahu babani maftuhani min al-jannah then two doors of jannah are opened out for him now he is obedient to his parents in the morning two doors of jannah are open for him and if he only has one of his parents alive then one door of Jannat is open for him. And then by the time the evening comes, if he is now disobedient, then if he started off the day, over the evening, he is disobedient to his parents. Then two doors of Jahannam are open for him. And if only one of his parents are alive, due to his disobedience to the one parent, one door of Jahannam is open for him. Now, this is such a severe thing, that if a person is disobedient to his parents, obviously in things that are permissible, if the instruction from the parent is regarding something that is haram, then that cannot be obeyed. But despite that that, that cannot be obeyed, this still doesn't give any license to be disrespectful. Not obeying the wrong command is a separate thing and not compromising respect is a totally separate thing. Both these things have to continue hand in hand. That we don't listen and don't obey something that is wrong. But we don't compromise respect at the same time. And something that is permissible, then we go to obey. So, if the person is obedient to his parents, he's opened two doors of Jannah for him. And if he is disobedient, he's opened two doors of Jahannam for himself. Now, immediately there are many things spring to mind. But my parents do this, and my parents say that, and my parents... Meaning all the complaints we have sometimes about parents. So, the thought that comes to the mind is that this doesn't apply to me, because if I'm being rude with my parents, I'm being disobedient to them, it is because of their wrong way in which they are dealing with me. So one person asked the question in fact, so that it doesn't leave us to be guessing. One person, when Nabi Islam explained this, that a person who is obedient to his parents in the morning, he's opened two doors of Jannah for him. If one parent is alive, one door. If he's disobedient, two doors of Jahannam are opened. In other words, he's now moving in that direction. So one person asked Nabi Islam, wa in zalamahu, even if the parents have been oppressive over him, the parents have oppressed him, have trampled his rights. Even then, does this apply that if he is obedient, two doors of Jannah opened? If he is disobedient, two doors of Jahannam opened? Nabi Islam replied, Wa in zalama, wa in zalama, wa in zalama. For the emphasis and stress, Nabi Islam says it three times. Even though they are disobedient, they are, even though they are oppressive, even though they are oppressive, even though they have trampled his rights, but he has to fulfill his rights. He has to do what is required of him. That is their matter between them and Allah Ta'ala. 
But if he conducts himself incorrectly, he will have to face the consequences of that. So the issue is that we are talking about this noor, this noor in the heart, this noor which transforms the life of a person. And when this noor comes, this noor is light. In light a person can see, a person can distinguish between what is going to be beneficial and what is going to be harmful. In the darkness, a person doesn't know whether he is catching a snake or a stick. But in light he can see there is a snake there, I must stay far away. This is something that will benefit me, I need to protect myself, pick up the stick. In the darkness he cannot see that. So likewise when there is this noor in the heart, this noor in the heart guides a person to that which will bring this benefit. Benefit in dunya, benefit in akhirat. This light in the heart will guide a person towards that which will bring even more light. And light up a person's heart. When there is this light in the heart, then a person is filled with light. Meaning happiness. In a dark room, a person feels very uneasy. person is uneasy, is anxious, is stressed, can't see anything. So when you can't see anything, you feel very, very uneasy, very uncomfortable, very stressed, very anxious, and all the time in, you're not sure now what to do, what next, hope nothing happens here. But if it's a bright room, the person is comfortable, he can see everything, he's happy, he's settled, he's not anxious. So there's a big difference between being in a dark room, totally dark, you can't even see your hand in front of you, and in a room which is light, lit up. So likewise, when there is this light in the heart, this light which is the noor from Allah Ta'ala, then it lights up the heart, the heart becomes filled with this noor, and this makes a person feel very comfortable, very relaxed, very much at ease, even though there are challenges. This is something we keep talking about, and is something that we have to keep remembering. The dunya is a place of challenge. But, how to continue with these challenges without getting overwhelmed, with having our hearts still at ease, that is to have the noor in our hearts. Who can have, can ever imagine even coming close to the challenges that Nabi Wasallam faced, that the Anbiya Ikiram Wasallam faced, that the Sahaba Ikiram faced. We cannot even imagine it beyond our imagination, beyond our wildest imagination. Can we imagine the hardships of Hazrat Bilal being dragged on the hot sands of Makkah Mukarramah with stones and rocks being put on his chest and in the burning heat and then being flogged at night with a whoop? Can we imagine that? We can't imagine it. It's beyond our imagination. And then even after this slavery was over, then too there were so many difficulties from the side of the enemies of Islam. Can we imagine Hazrat Abu Huraira who sacrifices and his challenges that he is suffering such hunger that he falls unconscious from time to time. Such hunger. But he is not disclosing this hunger to anybody because he doesn't want to beg from anyone. But he is becoming so hungry at times that he is falling unconscious. Can we imagine that? Have we ever come close to that? Can we imagine the situation of 
the sahabiyat, the woman among the sahaba kiram, that somebody, what were difficulties, Hazrat Asma radiallahu ta'ala anha, her father is gone in hijrat, the mother before Islam already was divorced, the grandfather is blind, there is nothing at home, she is trying to pacify her grandfather with some pebbles, we know the story well, and now she has to face all these challenges, and in this difficult time, and she is still full of strength, full of hope, she has that composure, that she, let alone not getting overwhelmed herself, not losing hope herself, she's even giving hope to her grandfather. When will this be the case? When there is this noor in the heart. And when this noor is not there, then it's a very difficult thing. And to the extent that this noor is missing, to that extent this will be something that will become a bigger problem. So in this Dua Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi to actually ask for this noor. Allahumma jalni noora. Allahumma jal fi qalbi noora. Wa fi lisani noora. Wa fi sam'i noora. Wa fi basari noora. Wa min khalfi noora. Wa min amami noora. Wa min fawqi noora. Wa min tahti noora. From every direction. Ya Allah from behind me noor. From in front of me noor. From above me noor. From below me noor. From the right. From, the, from every direction. And then wa a'atini noora. Ya Allah grant me noor upon noor. Why? Because this is that spiritual light. When this light comes in the heart, then a person's heart will be fully inclined to righteousness. This person's heart will be inclined towards salah, towards being obedient to one's parents, towards the recitation of the Quran Sharif, towards undertaking difficulty for oneself from upon oneself for the comfort of others. Unfortunately, when this noor is missing, we will try to comfort ourselves by making it difficult for others. Doesn't matter who is pained and who is hurt and who is who suffers, but I must be comfortable. I must be happy. If somebody is crying as a result, that's their business. Whereas those who had this noor in their hearts, they were ready to sacrifice for them sacrifice their own things for the comfort of others. Now this is those who have that vision of the Akhirat. So what we were talking about is that this noor must come in the heart. Just on this note, one incident of Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib Rahmatullah Mufti Shafi Sahib Rahmatullah he was the Grand Mufti of Pakistan of his time. The Grand Mufti of Pakistan. That as far as the knowledge and piety etc. is concerned in terms of what people could understand, Allah knows best they could be somebody of whatever maqam, but in terms of this combination of things, that this expertise in knowledge, and being a very pious person, and being an Allahwala, being somebody with very great qualities in him, all this combination of things, they might be somebody pious, very pious, but doesn't have that expertise in knowledge, might somebody be expert in knowledge but didn't have that level of piety? There might be somebody... Now here is a person who has all these mashallah sifat. And he's now on the peak of the level of ulama of his time. It's like among the senior most ulama of the time in Pakistan. And he is 
Now explaining one incident of his to his son, just as a form of guidance, as a form of encouragement. So what he says to him is, that one day he came out of the home, at Fajr time, going to the masjid, so he sees that there is one old woman, who was living in the same neighborhood, and she is just standing at one spot, she's got a huge, like a bucket or something, which is filled with water, and it was obvious what has happened is, that this was the time of the morning, early in the morning when it's still slightly dark, out of the consideration for parda, because she didn't want to be walking around when people are all busy in the streets, now out of necessity, there's no water in the home, there's no tap, there's no running water, the water had to be fetched from the well. So she had gone to the well and she had filled the water into the bucket. And now she's carrying this and coming, but she was because of the weight of the water, she was now panting. So she had stopped, put the water down, and she was now just catching her breath. So Bhutti Shafisa Rahmatullahi observed this and he realized now this is the position, and this is an old lady. So he came closer and he decided that she's going to now probably struggle to put this bucket back onto her head. So let me help her. Now he's an old lady. So as he picked it up, he said, but this is not right. He thought to himself, this is not right that such an old lady and I take the bucket and put it on her head. I rather put it on my head. So he put that bucket on his own head. Now it's a heavy bucket of water. Because now the whole day's water needs have to be now taken. So he put it on his head. And he started walking ahead and he told her that, Amma, tell me where is your place, where is your house? You give me the direction from behind and I'll take this water to your house. So this lady, old lady started directing him that I live in certain place. And he started walking ahead and he came to the door of the house. He came to the door of the house and he said to her, look, open the door and make parda inside and tell me where to leave the water and I'll leave the water in the house. So in any case, he came in. And she indicated some space, she went and made parada first in the house, and she indicated some spot. Now this old lady, he came and kept that container there, that bucket, that earthen pot it was, he kept it there, and he turned to leave. As he turned to leave, he says that she then started giving du'as. She, du'as started flowing out of her tongue for him, and he says that the du'as were such, he says, but I was in a hurry because I needed to go to the masjid for salah. It was fajr time. So I immediately turned to leave and I quickly left from there. But in the distance, I could still hear the du'as as I was going, that she is making du'a upon du'a for me. And he says that I started getting such, feeling such nur in my heart. Now this is nur we are talking about. That this carrying this water and bringing this water and placing it in this lady's house for her, and making the khidmat of this old lady, I felt such noor in my heart. And and then on top of that, these du'as that she's giving, I felt that this is a very cheap bargain. That I've got to do just this little bit of work, and get so much du'as in return. He said, I thought to myself, why don't I do this daily? Because obviously she needs water daily. It's an old lady. So... He says, the next day I woke up a little bit, I left the home a little bit earlier. And as I came along, I see she's at the well still, because he came earlier now. She's still at the well, 
and she's about to start drawing the water from the well because you go to drop the bucket into the well and then pull the rope and bring the bucket up. That itself is a task. That itself requires effort. So he says that I quickly came and I told her, don't worry, I will pull the water out for you. I said, oh lady. So he pulled the water out, filled the bucket and came and brought it to the house. And then he says, every day, I made this my daily practice. Every day, as long as I was at home, I wasn't out on some journey, I wasn't very sick or something. This became my daily practice that I went beforehand, before time, I started leaving home even earlier. I went and fetched the water from the well for her and brought it to the house and kept it for her. And he says, I felt each time my heart filling up with noor when I made this. And he says, besides that old woman, Allah Ta'ala knows that old woman knows and I know. Nobody else was aware of what I was doing. That this is the grand mufti of the time and he is now going and fetching this water for this old lady. So this is that amal that he found now making this khidmat. Now imagine this is an, a stranger. This is a stranger meaning there was no uh, family ties as such with her. She wasn't his mother. She wasn't his aunt. She wasn't his sister meaning some close family where there is added virtue. Because she was an old lady, therefore this was some khidmat that he was making for her. There wasn't any issue there. But obviously if it is somebody young, etc., this will not be the case, this will not be done in that manner. But the point here is, what we are trying to drive at is, that this was somebody who was a distant person in terms of family relationship, and yet making khidmat of somebody who was of a distant level, because it was being done with ikhlas and this was khidmat, this brought noor in the heart. It was being done solely for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. So what amount of noor will come when one makes khidmat of one's own parents, one's grandparents, one's brothers and sisters, one's immediate family, one's aunts, etc. How much noor will come? But provided we do it for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala alone. We do it for the akhirat. We don't do it to see, well, I'll do this, let's see what I'll get in return. If I do this, maybe then, see this aunt here, she, she got a lot of money, so when occasions come and eat comes, she dishes out big, big notes. So maybe if I just keep making a khidmat, then I too will collect maybe some couple of 200 rand notes. That has become dunya now. That is no more deen. That's not going to bring noor. That might bring a few 200 rand notes, it's not going to bring noor in the heart. But that amal which is done solely for Allah Ta'ala, that fills the heart with noor. And when the heart is filled with noor, then the person has a direction. Like a person has the headlamps, headlights on in the car. Now he can see the road. He can see how to move forward and where to move. And if the person's lights are not working, it's dark. Any, every now and then you're driving off the road, knocking into something, bumping into something. And it's something that can be extremely dangerous. So that is what happens in life also. When we will keep acquiring more and more of this noor, it will give us the light of how to handle very difficult situations. Number one, our heart will be at peace. Our heart will be content. We will be able to go through the challenges of life without getting overwhelmed. Without feeling all kinds of negative things. Just last night, I received one email 
that one girl somewhere, she wants to take her life. Now why she wants to take her life? Because there was some boy chatting with her through the whatever chat, social media or something. And now when she thought that this fellow is very much in love with her, he suddenly made it very clear and very plain that he was just fooling around. He's got no interest in her. Now, meantime, she's given a whole heart. Now, this is Shaitan's tricks. Now, when she realized that this fellow was just fooling around and he's got no interest, so now she became so despondent, she wants to take her life. Now, this is where this haram leads to. And this is what is a very common situation. People are just fooling around. They're making fools of others. And in the meantime, some people in their stupidity and foolishness give their hearts to such kind of people that make others fools. They give their heart to these kind of deceits and thieves. People who are stealing hearts of others, but just fooling around. So even if they're serious, that is haram. Because any kind of illicit contact, any kind of haram communication, communication between non-mahrams, this is this kind of casual communication, this is not permissible. And something that is haram, this is the opposite of noor. These kind of amal, the salah, the tasbihat, the tilawat, the zikr, the dua, the khidmat for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, all these things fill the heart with noor. And on the opposite end, all the sins and wrong actions, watching movies, listening to music, listening to ghibat, making ghibat, looking at haram, talking haram, talking evil talk, hurting people, all this fills the heart with darkness. So the more the heart is going to be filled with darkness, the more there is going to be this anxiety is going to be this hopelessness. Now this girl got caught up in this and she gave a heart. Now that this person well, outwardly ditched her but he was just fooling around. He had no intention whatsoever. He was just making a fool of her. And this is a common issue. It's not something that is just restricted to some particular situation. Unfortunately a common thing. And this is why it's being said that this is not one issue. It's not one incident. There's many incidents of this nature. And just out of the foolishness, you just get caught wholesale. This is, these are not suitable things to talk about. But in any case, this whole world, illa mashallah, has become a deception. And shaitan is just getting everybody caught up in this deception. Illa mashallah, except those who truly turn to Allah Ta'ala and keep the right company and seek the right advice, then they, Allah Ta'ala makes it easy for them to continue moving forward. So there was one incident where two youngsters, both friends, and now in their friendship now, this is something that happens from time to time, now they try to boast about 
see I am now here and doing this and doing that, haram boasting obviously, it's now added sin. Only the person is committing a wrong and then expressing that wrong to, exposing it, that's an added sin. So now this fellow was talking about something to his friend and they are friends from a long time and then in the process he then started suddenly saying that nowadays for a, you know, I'm really now quite you know, I've already, so to say, uh, I don't know what your word to use, secured the love of this girl. And then he gave the name. When he gave the name, his close friend, that fellow got a shock of his life. Because that same girl was communicating with him as well. And making a fool of him in the same way. Now this fellow thought that she is now expressing all her love for him. So he is somebody really, because whatever the outward appearance of this girl was, so he thought he's somebody really great. Now he's talking to this friend of his and he's boasting. And now when he gave the name, it turned out that this girl is making both of them stupids. So both of them came together. Latala made it such that both came together, but at that time they still didn't realize what they what they are falling into and it was a kind of confusion that they want to come in now. They both are confused now, how to move forward. I said, what do you mean how to move forward? This is the thing that Shaitan has deceived both of you and made this girl make both of you fools. And she is making both of you total stupids and you are still confused. Both should spit on her. Not physically, obviously, because that will again be haram contact. But in your mind, you should spit on her. And recite, La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. And make sincere tawbah. And let this be a lesson for you, that you don't get caught up in this thing again. Now this was a real incident I'm talking about. And the same thing happens from time to time, the other way around. This is all one deception. All one chakkar. There is only peace in that which Allah Ta'ala has commanded and in following the way of Rasulullah and staying within the limits of deen, staying within the borders of what is halal. And when we cross that and go into haram, then we dig our own graves in dunya while alive. The person is feeling like dead. Because we have now shifted from the line that Allah and His Rasul have given us. But there is no need to become despondent. We are insan, we have made mistakes, we can make mistakes. But when a person truly turns to Allah Ta'ala, when a person makes the U-turn, then that person becomes the VIP. At-Ta'ibu Habibullah. The one who sincerely repents becomes the beloved of Allah Ta'ala. Becomes the special servant of Allah Ta'ala. And At-Ta'ibu Minazam Kamallah Zambala. The one who repents is like the one who has never committed the sin in the first place. So let us not get caught up in all this deception. And turn to Allah Ta'ala, be focusing towards those things that develop this noor in the heart. Read that kind of literature that develops this noor. Make the khidmat of our parents sincerely, our grandparents, our brothers and sisters, our immediate family members, obviously where there is maharams only. And we do things for those who we can within the limits of Sharia.
with the niyat of khidmat, we become a source of good for people around us. Become miftahan lil khair, the key to good. Nabi Islam has given the glad tidings of Jannah for the one who becomes the key to good. So let us now start focusing in this direction and then in all the various challenges that we face. Sometimes challenges from our own near and dear ones. When a person is trying to make a positive change, then sometimes the obstacles will come from those who are closest to us. It's a common story. It has happened from the time of the Sahaba Ikram. From Nabi Islam himself. Some of those who were his greatest enemies were those who were closest to him in terms of relationship. Abu Jahl, Abu Lahab were his uncles. They shared his blood. But they became his greatest enemies. They became the biggest obstacles. And likewise in the lives of the Sahaba Ikram, how many people, how many Sahaba, their parents were the greatest obstacles. Mus'ab bin Umair radiallahu ta'ala an, his parents were the biggest obstacle. Somebody's husband was the biggest obstacle. Somebody's wife was the biggest obstacle. Somebody's children were the biggest obstacles. But see, it's something that has happened all the time. But the way forward is, that one is that we develop ourselves from within. We strengthen ourselves from within by acquiring this noor. And this noor will come with more amal, with ikhlas. And to the extent that this noor has been developed, there is that strength from within. And to the extent that there is a strength, one can carry that load. Now these challenges that come is like a load. Now one is you get a child or some weak person, adult also, but who's weak, and you tell that child or that weak person to carry this 20 kilos, 20 kilos only, 25 kilos, too much, I'm battling with it, I can't manage it, 25 kilos. And somebody who's a strong person, who's a bodybuilder, who somebody trains often, somebody exercises regularly, I tell him, carry 50 kilos, he carries it without any difficulty, he walks. And he's not even feeling very uncomfortable about it. It's like a slight weight he's feeling because he can easily carry even 100 kilos. So what's 50 for him? And here the person is getting crushed under 25 kilos, under 20 kilos. person is very weak, can't carry 10 kilos also. So the spiritual strength that will be within the heart, this makes it very easy to carry the load of the challenges. So one is to develop the strength. That is by becoming even more conscious of our salah. Perform it at the beginning of the time. More conscious of our tasbihat, our tilawat. And do it regularly. And this khidmat. And always staying away from those things that bring in darkness. And weaken this noor. All the sins, all the haram. Looking at haram, listening to haram, speaking haram. Engaging the heart in haram. We stay away from that. There is a challenge in that as well. There is some sacrifice required in that. There is a tug of war from inside. But that tug of war, when a person pulls in the right direction, that creates even more noor. And then together with that, Allah Ta'ala has given us the direction. Allah Ta'ala commanded Nabi Islam also. وَشَاوِرُهُمْ فِي الْأَمْرِ For the sake of ta'aleem, Allah Ta'ala gave Nabi Islam the command, you make mashura with the sahaba. This was for ta'aleem for the ummah. And Nabi Islam said, Ma khaba manistakhara wa ma nadima manistashara. So when these challenges come, we make istikhara, we make mashwara. One is we develop ourselves. And the other is istikhara and mashwara. 
mashwara from the right direction, from the right sources. And inshallah, we'll find that the most complicated things also, Allah Ta'ala will make a way out for us. We stay with taqwa, we develop this noor, and we make mashwara and istikhara, and Allah Ta'ala will bring out a way for us from the most complicated and difficult situations as well. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala enable us to focus correctly towards this Mubarak month of Rajab and Shaban and enable us to reach the Mubarak month of Ramadan. Allah Ta'ala fill our hearts with this noor and give us the spiritual strength and energy. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين